0: Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Har, and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of Dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast.
1: Dynastic crossroads that film and analytics create. The dynastic crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grants that tape. It's the dynastic crossroads where film is everything. Dynastic crossroad where numbers are the key. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything.
0: Hello and welcome down to me. Peter Howard at PFID on Twitter. I'm normally joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. If you've listened to us before, you know over the last few weeks Jake has been absent because uh, he has a new baby in the house along with his lovely wife Um, and so we've been filling in with a bunch of guest co-hosts. Tonight I thought I'd leave it more as a solo podcast, just to kind of reset the crossroads before we go forward further into the off-season and start barreling towards the 2019 season. I had a great time talking with some guest co-hosts. i got some more lined up, including Jacob Rickroad um, sometime next month, and Matt Spencer is coming on next week to talk about Scott Fishball 9. However, because I know most people don't play, despite the the 1,200 plus teams that go into the Scott Fishball, I know most people don't. Playing it and so I kind of wanted to have an episode before that that was just more talking about things that most people are interested in or could get some value out of next week's going to be pretty much a purely Scott Fishbowl 9 centric show so I wanted to take a brief rest reset the crossroads do a solo show and talk more about fantasy football in general then before we get before we start talking about Scott Fishbowl 9 anyway So um, I also want to announce, just before I do that, um, next week, next Sunday, I'm planning to have a live stream event where basically from 9 a.m. till I lose my voice, I'm going to try and host a a live um, Google Hangout and have as many people come on as possible to talk about all things fantasy football, specifically mostly about the Scott Fishball, but also any questions that happen to come our way, we'll be trying to answer. And the idea here is to raise money for Fantasy Cares. There'll be a donation link. Um please check us out turn us turn up anytime from 9am onwards to ask questions hang out and um, or even jump in the live chat as well Um we'll be there mostly to provide entertainment try and encourage people to support fantasy cares and raise some money for some kids now that that's done with let's actually talk about some fantasy football stuff i've been on kind of a research kick over the last few weeks and i've got a lot that i'm not quite yet able to summarize in article form so I've been mostly in research mode but there are a few things that came up on a on the live stream today actually that I thought I'd mention because I thought they have value for most people going into the 2019 season and um, the first thing is I get a lot of questions about projecting rookies and um, in their first year and um, so one sheet that I've come up with and actually put out on Facebook, uh, put out on Twitter um, and on uh, my Patreon is I looked up the average um, target share players get in their first, second, third and fourth years um, based on their draft round and there is a pattern draft capital in and of itself is an opportunity stat, you're more likely to get targets and opportunity if you're drafted earlier that's why it has more value than most things because we know volume drives everything in fantasy football, you can't score points if you don't get the ball. Based on um, an average since 2003 so a fairly decent sample size and um, first round wide receivers get on average about 14.4% of their team's target share second round wide receivers get about 106 and it drops off from there third round players tend to get at about 7.7 uh, percent of their team's targets six percent in the fourth and fifth round sixth and seventh and undrafted free agents so um after the third round pretty much you the average is six percent or below breakout wide receivers almost never happen outside the first three rounds um, really outside the first two rounds uh, in the first season however i was really interested in if it changed if you look at better players not just draft round but players that actually hit in the NFL so I use my typical threshold of players that have had at least one top 24 season since 2003 and I looked at their average target share since 2003 and um, what I found, there was, there was a significant difference. Again, targets are some of the best indicators we have. Targets and target share, at least. Or opportunity in general. AirYards is actually slightly better at it. Um, AirYards and um, uh, WAPA or weighted opportunity rating, which you can find on Ayards.com or in any of my databases that I post, actually. Because I strip it straight from Ayards.com, which has got a free download button. You can get all the information you want since it started tracking data in 2009. Looking at wide receivers that had at least one top 24 season since 2003 in their rookie year, wide receivers drafted in the first round who would at least eventually have one top 24 season or more, and they averaged about 17.4% ...of their team's targets in their first year, which is up about 3% from just all wide receivers drafted in the thir- in the first round. Presumably, and tracking back through the data, um, you find that the average is dragged down by players who eventually won't break out or become particularly fantasy-relevant... Um, In the second round, again, you see about a 3% bump, 10.6% for wide receivers um, on average. And wide receivers who would eventually be fantasy relevant have about 13.9% of their team's target year in their first season. The same goes for 3rd, 4th, 5th, 7th, and undrafted free agents. There's a a very consistent 3% bump um, if you just look at successful players compared to the average of all players. However, I think that gives us a fairly decent range of wide receiver a-, a wide receiver average based on draft round versus wide receivers who actually hit and um, with a three percent target bump. So what I did is I went through the rookies for this year. I stripped the average passing. Oh, well, I stripped the passing attempts from the 2018 season, so just what teams did last year for the landing spots of rookies. I took these this average range of um, target projections based on draft round, and I simply tried to find out what is the what is a reasonable range of expectation for wide receivers in their first year in 2019. If we sort by who's going to get the most targets, what we find is by the, if we use the uh, target percentages for draft rounds for good players, so players who would eventually become um, fantasy-relevant to a greater or lesser degree, obviously, but um, a fairly safe average for Marquez Brown, if he's going to be good, his ceiling is very likely somewhere around 96 targets. Paris Campbell comes in second because of the pass volume Andrew Luck put up last year at 89.7 targets. J.J. saig Waitside comes in third, And that's 83.4 targets. Nikhil Harry and McCall Hardman also come in with 80 targets or more. But I think that gives us a fairly good medium projection of our expectation for the best rookies in this class. Really expecting any more than 80 to 90 targets for the best players in this class is probably unreasonable and um, you can't expect much more from them. Now most people aren't expecting a great deal from rookie wide receivers, so I don't think that comes as any surprise, but I think putting exact numbers on it was actually fairly interesting. If we just take the draft round average so just look at players' target shares mapped onto the, their landing spots, pass attempts last year, and without accounting for whether those players eventually went on to be relevant, just the average of the draft round target share. Then the Q Harry actually comes in first with 82 targets, 82.2, actually followed by Marcus Brown at 79.9. Obviously they're both first round picks, so they're going to get that high. 14% average for their draft round. But even though um, Baltimore, barely th- Baltimore and New England barely threw the ball last year, that still put them at the top of the target total target list and um, using reasonable expectations for rookie wide receivers drafted in the first round. And it still creates a pretty hard 80, 80 target ceiling. Anything over 80 targets next year and we'll probably have to be very interested in that play and what he's going to do going forward. I also figured out what that would work out as looking at average racer and um, for the position and kind of guesstimating what these players' a dots are likely to be based on what we know about them from college um, and I put that in the sheet too, and there 's a very 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 solid ceiling of about six hundred and fifty yards that 's the best you probably can hope for any rookie, but again we 're not drafting these guys highly in redraft and um, with dynasty expectations we 're keeping them reasonable in the first round now, to give you some idea of what we can what that looks like in practice I actually looked at 2018 rookies and took a look at their targets they got their target share and their receiving yards from the 2018 class now uh, four players actually got over 14 percent of their team's target share in their first year as rookie. So that's a very significant number. That's the position average, not the average of successful players, but where it just offers a range. You don't have to score 17% of your team's target share to be a successful player in the future. 14 is uh, very much on the high end of what we can expect for rookie wide receivers drafted in the first round. Now, notably, two of these players um, from the 2018 class that got 14% of their target share of their team's target share weren't actually drafted in the first round. So this was a significantly high target share for their draft round on average. Those two players are Cortland Sutton and Antonio Calloway. He's probably one of the more interesting names that turn up um, in this list. Um, obviously, he's fairly buried on the Browns' debt chart at this point, but it does show that Calloway did earn a lot of opportunity and continue the theme of his college profile, which was a very good player who can earn an opportunity and has a great deal of skill. So, he's someone that I'm still stashing um, wherever I have space, despite the fact it's very hard to project him to have any opportunity, in, really, in the next three years with Odo Beckham and Jarvis Landry. But as Eaton, who came on the crossroads a couple of weeks ago, said, Jarvis Landry's contract is cuttable. Um, probably quicker than you think. So there is a path at some point from Rashad Higgins or Antonio Callaway to one day be fantasy relevant again. Though probably not in 2019. I just think it's very interesting. All, the, all four of these players, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton and Antonio Callaway all cross that 14% threshold. Coming in fifth, very close to that threshold with 13.7% of target share is Christian Kirk, who's actually one of my favorite breakout candidates um, from the 2018 class in 2019. I think that's a very high target share for a rookie, um, even one drafted in the first round. And it's definitely uh, even more of a positive sign. I think Cortland Sutton, however, from that list and from the 2018 class, is probably the highest drafted player that no one's telling you to stash or try to buy in their second year. Honestly, um, every name I just mentioned at value right now, I think is a really good dynasty buy. Um so uh, get all of them uh, if possible but if not i would do it in that order i think calvin ridley is clearly the highest buy but he's also got the highest price dj moore is the one i definitely want at value i think he has the highest ceiling of everyone else from the 2018 class followed quickly by christian kirk then kirtland sutton and there's a very deep cheaper ad from last year um Antonio Caleri and Michael Gallup, who earned 12.9% of his team's targets last year, is also pretty interesting. Marcus van der Scantling, everyone's favorite Green Bay cheap ticket that's not so cheap anymore to that, um, to that offense, he earned 11.25% of his team's targets, and it's significant and positive, and certainly no reason to slow the hype train. It's just the player that I'm probably least interested in that I've mentioned from last year's class so far. Alright, so I've put all that research in the sheet and I'll post it if anyone's interested Do me. Hit me up on Twitter um, at PA Howdy, and I'll be uh, more than happy to send you the link. Now the other thing I've been fascinated with lately is a different way to get value out of ADP. I don't know how you feel about it, but personally I find um, thinking of Dynasty in terms of value remarkably frustrating. Basically the best thing you can do at any point is when you get a good player is sell them, because they almost immediately, or at least by the next seasons ADP and charting fall in value it's very rare a player holds or continues to be in the number one spot if they happen to be on your team and I just don't want to do that I want the best players on my squad despite value so you tend to not trade those blue chips except for a lot of money or when there's a lot of concern and that's again after their value drops so trying to think about different ways of getting value out of adp because it's very interesting data what i've been tracking is um well a bunch of stuff but one is how successful we've been according to dlf adp at predicting who's going to finish in the top 12 what i found is we ad- average about between 50 and 55 percent hit rate with top players drafted in the top 12 at each position qb since two thousand and fourteen. Drafted inside the top twelve in August, and um, have hit inside the top twelve end of year position rank about fifty one percent of the time. Running backs we average about fifty three percent since two thousand fourteen, and um, wide receivers we average we average fifty five percent, and tight ends we also average about fifty five percent. So we're a lot better, we're a little better at predicting the top twelve wide receivers and tight ends than we are at running backs and quarterbacks. We tend to do worse on average since 2014. However, looking at the way our hit rates have gone since 2014, one thing sticks out more than anything else, and that's we were outkicking our coverage in 2018. Our average success rate across all positions since 2014 is about 53%, in the middle of those ranges that I just... in the. In the middle of those percentages that I just mentioned. In 2014, we predicted 47.9% with DLF ADP of top 12 players. The same in 2015. In 2016, it jumped up to 54%, then back down to 50% in 2017. Last year, as a point of reference, we predicted 68.8% of top 12 players. That is very close to 20% over our average over the last five years now one thing that could be happening here is we're getting a lot better at predicting the top 12 players or the players that we've been hoping to finish in the top 12 have finally come through and hit their right age range and are now all hitting but having looked through the data there's a very different makeup to each top 12 player at each position um, for all these years this isn't we've been betting on the same players over and over again and they finally they're hitting new players that just entered um, in the top 12 in our ranks hit in 2018 at an above average rate two or three players that don't normally hit to put it another way hit in twenty eighteen. We outkicked our coverage in terms of our ability to predict with dynasty ADP who is actually going to be a top twelve player. So thinking about that in terms of dynasty, what Dave Wright, FF Spaceman, asked me to look at was how accurate we are at predicting the top twelve players at each position with an age threshold. So what I did is I broke the same thing down again, but by players that were either twenty-nine years or older or twenty-eight years or older. I tried it with um age thirty but what I found is there simply wasn't a large enough sample size to actually get any kind of good data on it. We don't often put players that are in the top, uh, that are 30 years or older, in the top 12, especially at the running back position. So I lowered it a little bit just to get a slightly de- better sense of the pattern. But still, players that are drafted in the top 12 at age 29 hit an above average rate compared to players that are drafted 28 years or younger. So what's going on here is that if we put a player inside the top 12 and they're 29 years old, it's especially in Dynasty ADP, it makes sense. We only do that when we have a lot of certainty um, that it's going to happen. Now, it happens on average at different rates at different positions, but overall, um, players that are 29 years or older at every position hit inside the top 12 about 60% of the time. Players that are 28 years old or under and are drafted inside the top 12, hit inside the top 12 about 44.7% of the time. Now that's a significant difference. 44% to 60% is very nearly a 20% jump again. More proven players or older players that we put in the top 12 are much more likely on average to hit inside it. Now breaking this down by position, you can also see some interesting trends. For example, running back is is very hit or miss we have a very high hit rate of players that are over 29 hitting inside the top 12 if they're drafted there since 2014 but it's pretty much the either hit at a high rate or they hit at a low rate for example in 2014 42 percent of the players drafted inside the top 12 hit inside the top 12 whereas in 2017 100 percent of the players that were 29 years or older and, and drafted inside the top 12, actually finished inside the top 12. When I dug into it, I found that was just one player, um, LeSean McCoy. So um, these aren't high sample sizes, and it's just a damn real idea of how ADP works and how to view ADP in a dynasty context when thinking about drafting for the 2019 season. If they're in the top 12 and over 29 years or older, we can probably have a lot of confidence that they are going to hit at that level of production because those are the only players AD Dynasty ADP really put inside the top 12. However, if we're looking at running back, it's very much a 50-50 proposition whether we'll get that positive average or that negative average because it's yes or it's no from one year to another. In 2018, for example, we drafted no player at the running back position that was over 29 years old. Wide receivers, on the other hand, are fairly uh, much more consistent um, year to year. 2015, we only hit um, at 33% of the players who are 29 years or older actually finished inside the top 12, but every other year is over 66%, um, and we've got two years over here over 70%. So players that are 29 years old or older who are in the top 12 hit fairly consistently for that next season. Quarterbacks um, are even more consistent about hitting if they're older and drafted inside the top 12. But quarterbacks tend to perform at an older rate for a longer time, so that makes a lot of sense. Interestingly, the tight end position is the only position that I profiled that actually hits at a lower rate than their younger counterparts. So in other words, if we put a player inside the top 12 28 years or younger, they hit much more often than a 29-year-old drafted in the top 12. Now, the difference is like 2% looking at the average since 2014, but there is a remarkable remarkable consistency to players who are 28 years or younger and drafted inside the top 12. On average, about 67.9% of players between 2015 and 2018 so removing 2014 when none of them hit, actually finished in the top 12 if they were ranked in the top 12. And again, that's 28 years or younger. So a lot of those 28-year-olds are hitting, in other words. Whereas at the wide receiver position, we do very well to get about 50% of players that are 29 years or older actually hitting in the top 12. Now that's counter to the research that I've already done on tight end that says older re- proven tight ends are more likely to hit so what I did is dug through again the individual player names and what I found is a lot like what happened last year Delaney Walker Rob Gronkowski and were both drafted inside the top 12 and because of injury or because of poor team situation they simply didn't hit those marks and Jimmy Graham was another one 29 years or older who didn't hit inside the top 12 in 2018 so a lot of older players suffer from injuries at the tight end position in that area of their career, or um, they simply they play more games than their points per game can keep up with, like happened with Jimmy Graham, because he was a top 12 in overall fantasy points, just not in overall points per game. And played 16 games, and his points per game suffered because of it, essentially. And um, that was the breakdown. I thought it was interesting to think about 2019 using Dynasty ADP, but specifically thinking about the 2019 season. Now, I don't think this is how you should make player decisions, like if you're 29, draft them because they have a better hit rate, according to DLF ADP, but it is interesting to break it down uh, in a uh, Dynasty ADP in a redraft mindset. Looking at June's ADP, I normally take August, but I looked at June's ADP because that's where we are right now. That's the ADP we have. And I found every player who was 29 years or over and is currently ranked inside the top 12. And There's only eight players that fit that criteria right now. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, all quarterbacks. They're over 29 years old and currently ranked inside the top 12. Um, Travis Kelsey is the only tight end, 29 years or older, and ranked inside the top 12. Julio Jones and Antonio Brown are the only wide receivers currently um, in the top 12 who are over or at 29 years old. In fact, they're both 30 based on when... DLF ADP takes their ages. What that means to me is that Julio Jones and Antonio Brown are very likely to hit inside the top 12, which is how I felt anyway. Travis Kelsey is actually starting to enter the age range where we can expect happenstance and misfortune to maybe start occurring in his career more than we might expect. And Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers are all fairly solid bets to finish inside the top 12. Now, because of the quarterback position, in single quarterback leagues, that means they're likely overvalued, and so these aren't guys aren't fitting on my draft list a lot. However, I do find that Matt Ryan and Cam Newton often fall to a fairly good overall ADP. They're being drafted outside pick 120 right now, where all the other three are being picked inside the top 80 picks. So if I was going to pick two quarterbacks to draft this year, it would be Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, and I'd be pretty happy with that in any redraft league or any dynasty team I was facing 2019 with. One last pattern I notice while digging through these dynasty ADPs with age as one of my filters is that eight players being inside the top 12 at this time of year, according to D- dynasty league ADP, is actually really rare. In fact, the further back I, in fact, the further back I dug, all the way to 2014, there was an increasing number of players who were 29 years or older and ranked inside the top 12, all the way back to 2014. Every year, a few less players have been ranked inside the top 12 who are 29 years or older. I think this is part of a trend that we've seen since 2014, a strong emphasis on young players um, in Dynasty EDP and a higher value placed on them, despite their tendency to actually be outscored by older players at all positions except tight end. Um, One other possibility, and something I want to throw out there, I don't know... If this is true, this is true, and I'll offer my opinion on it in a minute. But this continued decrease of older players in the top 12 could represent a slow change in the players in the NFL. We're seeing a changing of the guard at running back, where young players hit an above-average rate at the running back position in the top 12 last year. And Wide receivers like Julio Jones or Antonio Brown are still holding down the fort in the top 12, but it's getting harder and harder for most players to draft Anyone outside of Julio and Antonio Brown in the top 12 as those older elite players start to age, like T.Y. Houghton and A.J. Green. So I think we're kind of starting to see Dynasty um, go through a changing of the guard at several different positions, specifically at the wide receiver position. I wish I had a broader sample. I wish I could go back to 2003 with ADP to see if that's what happened the last time. The new guns wide receiver built up to see if that's a pattern. What I suspect, however, is that the opposite is true. I think these older players have a lot left in the tank. Julio Jones and Antonio Brown for sure, but also AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton. I think these guys can still do it. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And I think that above average hit rate for players we're drafting inside the top 12 in Dynasty. Um, Hitting inside the top 12 in 2018, I think that's going to regress back to our average of around 50 to 55% instead of that high 60 to 70% we actually hit. Last season. So I think there are going to be some surprises, and I think one of the main sources of those surprises is going to be older players still actually being good. Maybe not the best players to own in Dynasty, maybe not the highest value players, maybe even not the top five players, but I think they're going to outproduce their da- draft positions at a much higher rate than they did in 2018. That's what I broke down. Those are the things I found, and that's my opinion on what it means. Hit me up on Twitter at PA Howdy, hit Jacob on Twitter. Just for fun at Jake Anderson ff, let us know who you're drafting, who you think value uh, who, who you think is a value in your 2019 draft for dynasty and how you try and fit age into your dynasty process. Let us know, thanks for checking it out. Hope you enjoyed it or at least found something interesting. Um, And I will see you next week at the Crossroads where we're talking about the Scott Fishbowl 9 with Matt Spencer and all the tips, tricks, and picks that you need to know to maybe win your division. Who knows? Maybe not. Whatever. It will be fun. It will be fun to talk to Matt. Hope you can come by and check it out and meet us here at the Crossroads again next week. Thanks again. Bye.
1: Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go! Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, run unfolds, so! Jake on the table and they on the play, so! he the plays, they're analytical! Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that! Picking their brains, got different lanes. But I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art. Always a fight. Back and forth. There is no order. They disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye. I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore. I am at a crossbow. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so Jake on the table and on the players, though. Pete and Numa, it's a place they analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so Jake on the table and on the place though. Pete and Numa, it's a place they analytical.